Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Acting Without the Drama, where we keep the drama on the stage and in front of the camera and out of our personal lives. So today we are going to talk about consonants. And as always, you can go back to that website that gives you all of the different symbols for the International Phonetic Alphabet, and that will be posted on my website, which is www.actingwithoutthedrama.com. So, as we start to talk about the consonants, I wanted to actually make sure that you guys knew all of the work that we've been doing with the vowel sounds up to this point is actually some of the most important work that you do in terms of diction. And the reason for that is a lot of the problems that we have, when we think about diction, a lot of times we think about really getting those consonants crisp and clean. And that is absolutely true. You absolutely want to do that. And along with that, most of the time, the reason that those consonants are not crisp and clean is because we aren't opening our mouths enough when we are making those vowel sounds. And so our tongue has no place to go. So when it goes to make those consonants, it makes them mushy. It makes them less clean than what we would like. So first and foremost, when we're talking about the consonants, the first thing that you can do to make your consonants better is to open your mouth more when you make your vowel sounds. Really make sure that you're shaping those vowel sounds properly. And again, if you need some review, go back, go over the vowel sounds that we did before, and just make sure that you're really opening your mouth because that is going to correct like eight-tenths of your problems that you have with your consonants, just getting your mouth open for those vowel sounds. So just wanted to put that out there before we go any further. Now, as we are talking about the different consonants, these, uh, at least the first consonants that we're going to talk about, they are paired up. They are consonants that one is voiced and one is unvoiced, meaning by that, that the one consonant is aspirated usually, which means that it has a little puff of breath. It also means that it has no vibrations in the vocal cords when we make it. And then the other one, the pair to it, is made the exact same way, but it does have vibrations to it. You do vocalize with it. So I'm going to start off with the first example, which is the sound P. And the symbol for this is a lowercase p, which is what you would think it would be. Now, not all of these are going to be that way, but this one at least is. So this sound, p, when we put voice to it, I want you to just stop for a second and think about what that might be. Imagine vibrating while you're making those same motions with your lips. Buh, p, and buh are the exact same action in terms of the lips and in terms of the sort of explosive nature of it. Matter of fact, these are these first few consonants that we're going through are actually called the plosives because they do kind of explode out of our mouth a little bit. So again, just go through those p and b. Now you'll notice when I talked about aspiration before, when you make the p sound, go ahead and put your index finger right in front of your mouth and then say p. And you'll notice that there's a little puff of air, a little puff of breath. And that is what aspiration is. So uh, and actually, this is one of those consonants that uh, gives recorders a major problem because you get that popping in there because people will aspirate into the microphone. And so that's one of the reasons why 
if you go into a professional recording studio, they'll many times have a pop guard right in front of the microphone, a little mesh that's right there in front of the microphone that sort of catches some of that so that it doesn't make that little pop. So those are the first two consonant sounds. The And I mentioned that the symbol for P is the lowercase P, and the symbol for B now is the lowercase B. And do make sure that they're lowercase. Many times the uppercase letters would be a completely different sound if you were to look on the chart, or at least they would look like something else that is very close to an uppercase symbol. So the next one that we're going to talk about, and this one is actually a little bit tricky if you did not grow up in the United States or if you didn't grow up in a country that speaks English as its primary language. This is the t sound. And again, if we take voice and we add voice to t, what we get is duh. Now the way that you want to make this consonant, you want to make sure that the tip of your tongue goes onto the alveolar ridge, which is if you actually put your finger uh, up on the roof of your mouth, right behind your teeth, there's a little gum ridge right there. That's called your alveolar ridge. You'll notice that it slopes back into your hard palate. That alveolar ridge, that is where the tip of your tongue goes when you are making the t and the d sound. Now, if you have grown up in either a family that uh, immigrated from a Spanish-speaking country or an Italian country, actually there are many other countries that would make the sound this way, you probably put your tongue on your teeth, on the back of your teeth. That's called a dentalized D and T. And it sounds different. Instead of t, it's it's a little bit of a duller sound. Instead of duh, it's the. And this actually, this is a sound that you hear in Brooklyn. Uh, and that's largely because of the Italian influence there. This is a sound that you get in Chicago. Um, there's, again, there's Italian there. There's also Irish, Boston. So many times you, if you do come from one of those areas or you have grown up in a family where you're like second or third generation from another country, you may actually make your consonants this way. Uh, here in and around the LA area, there's a lot of Armenians. And again, this is one of the problems that they encounter on a regular basis. And it's one of the things that will mark you as having a slightly different accent. And so if you want to get to that sort of base level accent, really getting that t and da onto the alveolar ridge is going to make a huge difference in terms of the clarity. And that's actually one of the reasons why when Americans go to speak Spanish, we sound so funny. Uh, and, uh, Spaniard or someone from uh, any of the Latin American countries saying all of the men, todos los hombres, they're going to dentalize those T's and D's. When we try to say it, it sounds like todos los hombres. Very crisp and clean, but it sounds ridiculous when we're speaking another language. So, there is nothing right or wrong about these these uh, ways of doing the T and D. It's just simply that for standard American, we do it on the alveolar ridge. And it's the tip of the tongue. Okay. So, the next pair, starting off with K. K. And... If you vocalize it, put vibrations to it, it is guh, k, and guh. Now, this sound is made when the back of the tongue lifts up 
and touches right where the soft palate and the hard palate meet. The hard palate slopes back from the alveolar ridge and then you'll get to a place where it becomes soft and that's your soft palate. And right at that little ridge is where we lift the back of our tongue to make the k and the g sound. And those six consonants are all called plosives because again there is kind of an explosive quality to the way that we make them. One of the things that is a little bit tricky about these consonants is that we want to make sure that we're not over exploding or under exploding. You're not wanting to make them too strong and you're not wanting to make them too weak. If they're too strong it's like whoa hey stop. People, people. And it's like wow okay back off. Um, if you make it too soft, people, people, it's just mush-mouthed, and so you don't want to do that either. So moving on to the next pair, we are going to talk about the fricatives. So starting off with f, f, and then when we voice it, it becomes v. So that's the pair, f and v. Oh, and I think I need to go back and talk about the symbols. <laughs> I didn't do that for k and g. So, as you might guess, g is a lowercase g, but now for k, you probably would guess that it is a lowercase k, which is absolutely correct. What ends up happening a lot of times when we are transcribing a word like correct, we'll forget and we'll use the lowercase c. That is not the symbol that we use for that. A C can either be a K or a S, depending on where it's placed. And again, remember that this is the international phonetic alphabet. And so we're using the letters sort of as they're used by most of the international community. So definitely it is a lowercase K for the K sound. And then for the F and V, it's a lowercase F and V. Uh, so this sound is made by bringing the top teeth in very 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 close approximation to the lower lip and you don't I mean you almost don't touch it when you put breath through it it vibrates and so there is a little bit of touching that happens but it's not like your teeth are very loosely held there and so again it's it's not exactly touching when you start and are the two sounds now the next fricatives, now we get into a couple of symbols that are not just a lowercase version of their sound counterpart. These sounds are th and th. So these would be the sounds in think, think, and these, these, them, those. Now the symbol, again, you're going to need to look on the chart if you're interested. The symbol for v, which is the voiced version, is kind of a little, I, I call it the Swedish fish. <laughs> but basically, it looks like a little bit of a backwards six that's then been tilted slightly, and then it's got a crosshatch on the stem of the six. So again, sort of a backward six with a little stem on it. That is the symbol for v. And then the symbol for th, 
you know, if you've been involved in Greek life at all, it is the theta, which is just a little goose egg, an oval that's standing up on its end with a slash right through the middle, a little crosshatch right through the middle, dividing it in half. So those are the two symbols for th and th. And in terms of these sounds, again, if you are not native to an English-speaking country, this may be a little bit of a challenge for you. You actually stick your tongue further out than what we usually think, even for those that grew up in a place where you speak English as a native language. Stick your tongue out a little bit further than what you think. Your tongue should protrude beyond your top teeth so that your tongue sticks out, and it's sort of the blade of your tongue, not the tip of your tongue, that touches the top teeth. Th and th. And again, you're not exactly touching. It's coming in very close proximation, and then the breath goes through, and it makes that vibration. So that takes us through the plosives and the fricatives. And actually, I think we're going to call it good for there. So I want you to go over those consonants, practice them, take some time with them, and then we will move on to some more of the paired consonants next week. Again, thank you for checking in here with me and use this stuff. Guys, get out there and act. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Acting Without the Drama. For more information and to follow my blog on acting, please go to www.actingwithoutthedrama.com. To contact me with questions or ideas, please email me at actingwithoutthedrama at gmail.com.